So, um, but James 1. James and Hebrews. I, I have two life verses. Uh, my one life verse is James one nineteen, And another life verse is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. That's verses. Um, and if you don't know what I mean by a life verse, get one. Uh, way back when I first was saved, someone just said, Tony, I encourage you to to seek the word for a verse that you're going to claim as a vision for your life. Seek a verse. And, and I tell you, it's not that it can't change. You can, you know, but I, I want to encourage you if, if you, if you don't have a life verse, something you saw in the word of God, and you're going to go, you know what? I'm going to claim that verse for my life. Then I want to encourage you to do that. So here we go. James 1, it says this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let have patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven, tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Father God, we thank you for this day, for our time to come together as a body to pray, to worship, to engage you. And Lord, I know that we are to engage you every day, every moment. We're to pray without ceasing. We're to put our trust in you. We're to look to see where you're working around us and in us and through us. But, Lord, this is a moment of time, a time that we come together as a body, that we unite together to encourage one another, to build one another up, to edify one another to your glory. I pray and acclaim in the name of Jesus that our hearts will be open, our ears will be open. We will hear, we will see what you have to say through your word this morning. For your name's sake, let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. So I kind of know this scripture very well because I wasn't just about three months old when I grabbed this as my first life verse says. And I didn't really understand the impact of what he was saying, count it all joy when you're tested in your faith. Or I'm reading out of New King James, when you fall into trials. So count it all joy when you fall into trials. And, you know, but, but I'm telling you, as the years went by, uh, who, who here chooses to fall into a trial? Like you purposely go, well, what can I do today to have a trial just smack me right in the face? Who does that? No one does that? No, we don't, do we? We just kind of fall into these things. They just kind of happen. And so the struggle begins immediately because, because for the most part, we don't expect them. Now, trouble might be brewing, and there might be things going on uh, previously in our life where we go, oh, trouble's coming, you know what I mean? But you know what I mean, but then there's that moment of time when all of a sudden, you just fall into that thing. It's a phone call, it's something against your heart, something happens. And James says, the count it all joy when you fall into various trials, which various means more than one. You know, sometimes you push through a trial or something that's coming against you in your life. You push through that trial and you get through it. And then what do you do? You go, ha, huh, I'm so glad that's over. I'm not claiming this, but I'm just telling you, another one's coming. 
because that's what we face in life. Okay, now take, take a deep breath. Like Paul says, I, I'm, not that I'm perfected, but hear this out. Several years into my salvation, I realized by reading the scripture, the only way that I could become complete in Christ, the only way I would become more like Christ is by these trials. In and of ourselves, you know what it's like. I mean, maybe there's a couple of us in here. I don't know. I mean, you're a student of the word. I mean, the, you wake up in the morning praying. You're on your knees. You're, you know what I mean? You're fully engaging God. I mean, I know, but for the most of us, that doesn't happen automatically, naturally. It's not until this trial comes along and we fall into it. And the next thing you know, what are we going to do? Now, now, listen to the word. Let the word speak. Because he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let have patience... But let patience have its perfect work. What's that perfect work? The work God will do in our life if we trust him through this trial. Our interaction with God. Because without the trial, there's little interaction. But when all of a sudden we're facing something, we start interacting with God. We start praying with God. We start reading his word and seeking his wisdom, right? So as we're doing that, what he's saying, what James is saying, now all of a sudden, God is speaking into our life. And as long as we interact with that word, that knowledge I talked about last Sunday, and we allow the wisdom to go before us, his wisdom, that interaction causes within us God's perfect work. Without the trial, it doesn't exist. I don't know what to say. All I can say is every one of us, when we leave this morning, you go out that front door and you go, come on, trial. Come on, come on. I'm, oh, I don't know. Don't do that. We already have enough, right? Okay. So I don't think we have to ask for trouble. Well, I don't think it. Let me rephrase that. We don't have to ask for trouble. Because trouble will find its way to us. It's okay. But this is how we're going to grow. This is how we're going to engage God and his perfect work can be completed in us. Because we're going to more and more learn to trust him. Now, who here has, if you will, a trial that keeps kind of coming back? You, you know, um, now I don't, I don't want to purposely hit anyone. So, again, I'm not speaking to uh, someone specific here, but all, all the body. But, you know, you ever have like, like so, some of us um, always get fired from a job. Or, or our boss is always terrible. Or... Or um, some of us just can't get along with our in-laws, but it's always our in-laws' fault or our family. Or you, you understand? I mean, any of you, any of us have this trial that keeps coming back over and over, but in just different scenarios and different. Who knows what I'm saying? Okay. Well, who wants some victory in that? Because I know I'm more mature in that today than I was back then. I'm, I'm telling you. Now I'm not saying I'm perfected, but I'm more mature. If you want victory, if you if you always are confronted with kind of like the same thing where everyone in the world just seems to hate you or every time you get gas, it, it you know, something happens or every time you get a job, it fails. And, you know, then just take a deep breath and recognize something. Now, this isn't, isn't always the case. So but I think it's the majority of the time. Watch. Verse four. But. 
But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If we struggle with things in, in, in our life, things keep coming against us, and it's, it's similar things, it just might be God's letting them in to make you perfected. And that it's a lot of the issue just could be us. Our selfishness. And I'm going to take, I'm going to read some scripture in a minute to back that up. And what I'm getting at is God's going to allow these scenarios over and over. Man, this keeps happening to me. I can't believe it. And, and, and it's like God may be saying, well, Tony, I know it keeps happening to you because you haven't got it. And I'm allowing this into your life until you do. This may be. Let's read on. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea and driven and tossed by the wind. For not, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. And that's where we say, God, I've been there, but God, I, I can't take this. It's too much. This trial is too heavy. I, I just, I, I, I need your help. I need, and the next thing we know not all the time, but, but I know I'm not alone in this. The next thing you know, you find yourself praying for God to be some kind of a genie. And, and you know, God, if, if you'll only do this, I'll do this. Or God, you, surely you know I can't handle this. And we start telling him how to fix it. You ever, you ever do that? James is saying, you know what? You allow God to be in your life, to work in your life. You allow the Spirit to guide and direct you. You put your trust in Him. And what He's saying is, and you know what? The only way you're going to really be able to receive what you're reading, what you're praying, and and what the Holy Spirit of God through the Word of God is speaking to you. The only way you'll ever really be able to receive it is if you get yourself out of the way. Because if you suppose that you're going to receive something from God just because, He says you won't. You can't. Because it can't get through your selfishness. I know. I, you see why it took me so long to even begin to understand the scripture? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I, just, I mean, my flesh, right? My flesh just wants to go, God, I'm in trouble. Help. Calgon, take me away. Well, I'll give you about two minutes and everything will be just hunky-dory. No, don't work that way. Because it won't work out in us. All right, so go down to verse... Um, Nine, let the lowly brother glorify in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. And, you know, the bottom line is, you know, life is just too short for us to be grabbing on to some of these trials anyway, to be allowing some of these things that we do to, to make us anxious and make us angry and hurt our feelings I mean, you know, there's real stuff that happens. Don't get me wrong. But come on. There's so many little things that that come our way that we just make a bigger deal out of it than what it really is. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that? Because I'm fixing to preach on James. And for two weeks now, that's exactly how I've been acting. I'm just being transparent. You, I, I, don't, I don't know any other way to just try to be as transparent as a, a preacher, a pastor, your pastor, as I can. In these last two weeks, I've not, I've not really passed a lot of these, this test. 
and the things, some little nippy things, and I'm just going, oh, that's okay, that's just a little thing, okay, that's a little thing. The next thing you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like God took 50 people, put them on charter buses, sent them to Four Corners Baptist Church, and they all got off, and just one by one, they're ringing the doorbell, (laughs) ringing the phone, and I'm just going, ah! Tony, take a deep breath. Stop reacting to these little things in life. Start responding by my grace to these people. I told you last week about the guy at Wawa. I got short with him. So I'm telling you, see, I was, but, but, you know, it just hit me. If you don't mind, <laughs> it just hit me. I told you last week about the guy at Wawa. I told you I was struggling in this area last week. I don't know if you remember or not, but, and so, this last week, it didn't stop. People kept coming and calling. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, um, don't go, oh my gosh, you're a pastor. You should be a people person. Well, I am a people person. But you know what I mean when life keeps happening, you get overwhelmed. And okay, thank you for doing this because I'm, I'm not the only one. I praise God. But it just, it just kind of hit me because, because then a week ago, God said, Tony, stop reacting, start responding. And as I started to do that, as I started to work out the trial, just like James is saying here, and I started to become a little more patient and, and started to respond by, by his word, I started to respond. I didn't want to. I still wanted to shut the door, close everything off, and just say, go away. <laughs> okay. But, but as I lived that out this week, then all of a sudden, throughout the middle of the week, I'm meeting Lee and his wife, Nikki, and their son, Colin. And I'm meeting other people. And I, I want to tell you something. The heaviness, the headaches, the over, feeling of being overwhelmed as I was responding to people just started lifting and lifting and lifting. That three and a half hours at the park where I should have been working on this sermon I'd gladly trade and do the three and a half hours again over and over and over. That's what he's saying. Allow him in your heart. Allow him to work through you. Express that love. And we'll work through these trials and things that come against us by his grace and his glory. Go to um, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Now, now, temptation and trials really are the same thing. It's kind of interesting. If you look at the Greek and the Hebrew and this and the Greek, they're really the same word. And so that's another thing you kind of go, okay, well, is there a difference between a trial and, and, and a temptation? And, and there, there really is, of course, a, different, a difference. But, but in here, and I'm not going to dig too deep this morning because of time, but as we're looking at a trial... God is in control of everything, and seriously, he does allow anything that would come into our life to come in, number one. And, and he's saying here that allow these trials that test our faith, so that's a, that's a qualifier. It's something that's coming against our faith. You understand? Does that make sense? I, I, what I believe in, in God, what I believe in Jesus. So, so that is a little bit difference here that God wants to work that out in our life that we are mature in him and trust him. So now let's go to temptation. Anyone here ever get tempted to do something you know you shouldn't do? 
Who here is not going to raise their hand this morning, just so I can make sure that I'm... Okay, okay. All right, so, so now you have, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, going back to talking about trials, getting, getting through the trial, putting your trust in Christ, maturing. So it's kind of the same thing. So when he has been approved, when you have matured, Okay, so when he, um, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which is the Lord, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. It always goes back to God's word. It always goes back to the spirit of God giving a revelation of the word of God to our spirit. Don't raise your hand on this. Because I'm so interactive, I just want to tell you, you don't need to raise your hand. But is it not true, isn't, even as a believer, I mean, I mean uh, if, if we believe that God loves us, and we believe that Jesus Christ literally died for our sin. I mean, of course, what I'm saying, I believe to be 1,000% true, but just hear me out. We believe God loves us. We believe he sent his, his one and only son to pay the penalty for our sin. He literally died. You don't go, well, but he's alive now. and you don't. No, no. He went through the, the physical action of dying that we might live. And if we believe that, you would think that I would embrace his word like nothing else. You would think I would be on my knees every morning, every night, every chance. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, ah, if someone we knew, and I want to be careful here, but if someone we knew came up to us and said, you know, I'm going to die so you can live. I mean, what, would it be a month, a year, two years, and we would go, oh, we kind of forget the person? You, you know? So, not words of condemnation, hang in there. It's not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not condemning, because I, I can't do that. Sometimes my words can, so I want to be careful. But hear me out. So, so now, right here in James, he's saying, you know what, I, you know, as, as believers... I want to give you some insight. I want to give you some insight. Because this insight is this. Our own selfish desires is what takes us into temptation. Our own selfish desires is what takes us away from a heart that really wants to follow God. Because if you're a believer in this room, especially, if you if you repented of your sin, if you asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, hear me out. And, and, you know, you have it in your heart to draw near to God. I mean, I don't even have to, I'm mean, seeing heads like this. Of course, you, you know exactly what I'm saying, okay? But, but what James says, the life of a disciple, a walk of a disciple, 
The disciples' journey begins with this. Understand, trials will come. Trust God. Grow in your faith. Number two, understand that when we fade from God, it's because of our own selfish desires. You can't blame the trial. You can't blame other people. You can't. You get it? This is you. Okay, stop. You can't. When we fade from God, we fade because of the selfish desires that's within us. There is no other. So, so, so this is what James is doing. He's he's equipping us. He's telling us. You know, understand that as you are drawn away, right there, that verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived. So so there's a, a place where we might be tempted to do something. Uh, it could even be, uh, I want to keep it mellow this morning. Uh, let's say just to steal something. Um, does something. Does someone have something I can steal? A $100 bill, a... Oh, there's an iPhone back here. Okay, so so I see Chris's iPhone, and uh, I like that iPhone. It's a cool iPhone, and it's fairly new, isn't it? Yes, I thought. That's probably newer than mine. Well, uh, no, it's not newer. Well, anyway, but so hi, here's Chris's iPhone. It, it's worth some bucks. And uh, I'm eyeballing that thing. And you know what? Chris leaves it on the chair when he leaves for service this morning. And Chris will never know who took it. And so now in my mind, I'm starting to think these things. And my selfishness is starting to go, well, you know what? I, Chris makes big bucks. He doesn't really need that iPhone. Chris is shaking his head, no. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, so the next thing you know, my selfishness is, try, is starting to draw me toward things I know that would not please God. But my selfishness is drawing me toward things that not only doesn't please God, but it's drawn me toward them. And as it's drawn me toward his phone, where is, it, where is it taking me from? From Christ. You know, and, and, and so, but we're, hey, I'm still not in trouble yet. I have a sin nature just like you. Don't go, don't go getting on your knees and screaming and hollering and, or, or, or believe that you're some kind of a nut because you get tempted. This world will tempt us, okay? So don't freak out when, when temptation comes. Know it will come. And then, though, as I'm drawn toward Chris's cell phone, and if you're on the web, I'm slowly walking down the aisle looking Chris right in the eye, and I'm going to have him turn and look at Nelsie in a minute, and I'm going to swipe his phone. There. Perfect. Now, what he said the minute I grabbed the phone, I, it conceived. And now sin has taken its place. And the sin, it leads to death. We, we know that. And there's a place. Oh, look at this. Can I answer? <laughs> the Bible says, repent of our sin. I'm sorry I took your phone. And mean it within our heart. I give Chris back his phone. There's redemption in that moment. Just like there's redemption when we put our trust in Christ as our Savior. In that moment, we repent of our sin. And we receive the gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus.
Verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. The way we're going to look at getting through this trial and through these temptations, go to verse 19. See, he gives us the answer. He says, let me go to, uh, yeah, verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. But be doer of the words of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And there's the answer. See, God gives the answer. You know, when we're faced with trials in our life and when our selfishness draws us away from God and draws us toward temptation, he just says, take a deep breath. I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, if you will. You know, he says, take a deep breath. Be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, which which to me says, hey, Tony, just stop, be still, shut my mouth, meaning don't react, but respond. To what? The word that's in me. I know we know the word of God's important. I know we know that. But know that. We want victory a lot of times without his word. Don't we? You know what I mean. But praise God for the many times, many people and the many times when it's not all about doing wrong, guys, because... I can't tell you how many times right here, shutting my mouth, stopping, taking a deep breath, shutting my mouth, and not reacting but responding, put, put me in the middle of a three-and-a-half conversation with Lee, Nikki, and Colin and the opportunity to share the gospel. There is good news. And I think all of us can say we had those times where we put our trust in the Word of God and where we allowed the Word of God to, to speak into our life. So, so that's, not, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but I want to encourage us. That's what we need to do. The Word of God will give us the knowledge and wisdom to get out of any trial we're in. The Word of God, the implanted Word, will give us the strength to not be tempted to the point of conception. It's the Word of God. Amen? Okay. So how will you respond to this? Just real briefly, think about the trials you may be having in your life right now or trial. Your faith is being tested. Don't give up. Unless you just want to keep doing it over and over like that movie. You know, that never-ending whatever. Okay. What is it? Groundhog Day. The test must complete God's work in you that you will learn. That's important right there. Learn to trust God with your life. It doesn't come automatically. He needs to teach us. Ask God for wisdom, believing by faith that God will, that he will respond, he will engage, he will empower, he will strengthen, he will anoint. For real. How will you respond to temptations? Number one, God is not tempting you. 
Sometimes we, we just think if God is in control of everything, which he is, if, if you have a heart toward God and you're a believer, you know that deep down he has full control of everything. Sometimes that's so hard to grab, but God is not tempting you. Don't ever, 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 ever equate that God is allowing something in your life that might be very horrific to you. I mean, I, I, I don't have all the answers there. But don't ever equate that he's allowing something into your life that is hurting you and that you see no end, you see no, you see no result, you just you, you think, well, this is it. Don't ever, ever think that God is trying to tempt you to draw nearer to him because of the circumstance. Because he's not. But because of the circumstance, he wants to love you through it if you let him. Our own desires become our biggest enemy, and I'm going to leave it at that because they, they just do. When our desires conceive, it gives birth to sin. So be swift to listen and slow to speak and be doers of the word and not hearers only. This is it. So Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So I have this, this trial in my life, folks. And this trial is, my destination is not heaven. My destination is eternity separated from God. Literally, the Bible says, in a place called hell. And this trial that comes against me, I fight it. I, I, I don't know what to do. Sometimes I'm a victor, sometimes not. Sometimes I win, sometimes I lose. I build up walls. I'm just living life. This trial. James says, Tony... Romans 3.23, the implanted word says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Will you receive that? Will you believe that? I said, yes. And as, as, as the word keeps speaking in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Will you receive that? We allow his word and his spirit to reveal to you the need to be saved, the need to have a, sa- a savior, a need, a need to receive the love of God as he has presented it to us, a God that is just, that must punish for sin, and a God that is loving, that has provided a way for us to have eternal life, has provided a way for us to be reconciled back to him. And then Romans ten nine. These same exact scriptures I shared with Lee and with Nikki. For if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Salvation is not automatic. It's all about the word of God. It's all about the implanted word. It's all about a holy God and a just God that loves us. It can't be about anything else because anything else would be selfishness. We would be our own God. Does that make sense? I mean, if we don't receive what what God's word is telling us and the way that God says, Jesus says, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we refuse to receive that and allow the word of God by the spirit of God to give us that revelation that it's true, then everything else is selfishness. And we never will believe. Believe. By the word of God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning, the time you've given us.
to be together. We pray and we claim in your name, your word, your grace, your glory, your goodness, your faithfulness, that salvation would come to your house this morning. Salvation would come by web, (laughs) by the internet. Go figure that. Because it's your word and your spirit that gives the revelation. May it be so that right now repentance is happening. A sorrowful sin that you put in our heart. The revelation your spirit's telling us right now we can repent and put our trust in your son Jesus. May it be so. We'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that you're raised him from the dead. This morning, we will be saved. I will be saved. We're claiming it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we'll go right here.